0: Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to this very special episode of our Sprint to Profit for Amazon SARS podcast. We really mean this podcast is for Amazon sellers because in today's episode, we're going to be answering questions directly from our audience of sellers. So if you're currently selling on Amazon or looking to get started in selling private label products on Amazon, then this is the right place to be to learn more about the ins and outs of the process and strategies it takes to get ahead and make a long-term sustainable business. So let's jump right in.
0: So yeah, we get a lot of questions, and the first question here is from Chad B, and it's a bookkeeping question. Now, we do get a lot of different questions around bookkeeping, you know, financially, how do you run your business? Because essentially, if you don't understand your finances, you actually don't know if you're actually making any money or not. So it's a really good question. Uh, he says here, do you just record the bi-weekly Amazon payment summary in your books, or do you actually record the detailed transactions? I will move this to my accountant, but I want to understand the accounting myself before handing it off to someone else to do because this business is new to me, which is a fair enough question, right? So for me personally, I have never run my books myself. So I know you said, you want, you want to know Chad, you know, how to actually do it yourself. I would suggest don't do it yourself. <laughs> actually go to your accountant straight away. They know how to be able to set the books out so that you can understand it. They can understand it the tax man or woman could understand it, right? What you need to know is what you want to look at. So essentially, what you really need to know is how much profit you're actually making after all your expenses and what you're actually spending your expenses on. And that is something that we, you know, we probably made that flip around... Probably a couple of years ago now, um, when we read Profit First by Mike McAllowitz, which we do have a, um, an episode. If you want to have a, have a look at that episode, uh, we speak to Mike directly. But essentially, what he really talks about is taking your profit first and then looking at your expenses. So, understanding how much money, so from a bi weekly perspective, what comes in from Amazon, how much money um, percentage wise do you need to take out from that bi weekly distribution? Put that aside for your profit. And then take the rest as the expenses. Um, You can then very much see, am I spending too much money? And that's kind of what your job is as the CEO of your business, is not necessarily the the kind of nuts and bolts of how it's put together, but actually understanding the analysis around what those numbers actually mean. So by doing that every month, just get someone, like an accountant who knows what they're doing. We would actually recommend a profit-first accountant because... um, By switching this way, you're basically taking profit first out of your business from day one, even if it's a dollar, even if it's 50 cents, you're taking something out and it's set up that way from the beginning. And then you're forensically looking at your expenses and you're also looking at where your sales are coming from. Are you spending your money on the right products? Are they making you the right money? So think of it that way, not necessarily the kind of granular thing of, I need to do my books myself and hope that they're okay. So that's yeah. that. That would be my advice. What about you, Isaac? Have you got anything to
1: add to that? Yeah, and I mean, obviously, when we talked with Mike, he's he's mentioned you know if if you get obviously paychecks from Amazon through their disbursement, you can take you can just start taking one percent today because if you get thousand dollars, you know you can take ten dollars of that and put it into a, a profit a profit account, right? So basically, the idea here is you don't need to know every little detail of the the accounting, and and again, these people are paid to do this. They've been trained to do this. They have went to school to do this. You don't have anywhere near the experience they have. So all you're going to end up doing yourself if you're going through and trying to do the accountant, if you have no idea what you're doing, is probably making a mess of it. And it's going to cost you more to get them to fix it all later when they actually go through the books later. So we definitely recommend if you're setting up a real business, run it like a real business. I think the, the profitfirstprofessionals.com is where you can go. I think we use a guy named Daniel Green, Daniel E. Green in, in California. And I think the charge is something like 250 bucks a month for an Amazon account. Uh, you know, so it's not like crazy amount of money. They'll do it the right way. Usually what accountings, accountants do is they'll take money in and money out and they'll just, you know, trigger each expense and categorize it and all that stuff. But the idea is that you, you just need to know what it's being categorized as, how it's being spent and what you end up getting at the end. Now for the detailed transaction stuff, that might be useful for something further down the line. Like if you sell your business, so somebody can look at each product as you go, but you'd really don't need to switch to that kind of accounting until that becomes part of a reality for you. And it's not that hard to switch over and actually do that. And a matter of fact, I've actually seen this from many of the providers out there, like Empire Flippers and some of these other guys, they'll actually do that for you. So you just send them transaction reports and they'll actually figure out all the accounting for you. So in reality, all you really need to know again, like Kirstie said, is what you can take for profit, what you can use for your expenses, what you need to set aside for taxes and all that other stuff. So if you haven't read Profit First, definitely read that. You can also check out, like Kirstie said, the interview we had with Mike Michalowicz, which was the last episode of our Profit Profit Podcast. So you can check that out, learn a little bit more and understand that bookkeeping is, is supposed to be made simple for you. You want to understand just a few things. Look at a glance, how much money is yours? How much money is going out? How much money coming in? If you don't have accounting set up like that, you will always be confused about how much money you're making in your business. And that's what we'd recommend is just simplify it.
0: Yeah, and make sure that you go through it every month with a fine tooth comb. Don't wait until the end of the year when it's tax time because that's when you're like, oh.
1: Yeah, you're trying to remember a a payment you made back in January and December. Like, I have no idea what that was about.
0: Exactly. And you want to be looking at those numbers, like I said, as part of your business, you know, are you spending the money in the right places? Are you making the right decisions? Are you making the right choices? If you have that as part of your process every month, it's just going to make the whole thing a lot clearer. Because, you know, there are going to be times when you're not making the money you want to make, but at least you'll know where it's leaking out and how you can actually stop the leak.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right. So hopefully we've answered that one pretty thoroughly. Uh, again, we're not going to go step-by-step step into accounting because we are not accountants and we just want to simplify the process for ourselves and for you guys. So the next question actually comes from Brian R. And Brian asked, he's looking for some advice. He says, what are your thoughts on selling a COVID-19 product like a face mask or protective equipment right now? The trend seems to go longer than I anticipated. Is there anyone who followed the trend started selling an essential product and is killing it? Um, I'll kind of let you, answer this one first, Kirsty, because I think it's quite a funny one. But uh, uh, it's not so clear for some people who are especially just starting out if you should do this or not.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we are all about building a long term sustainable business on Amazon, which to me and well, to both of us, our principle is around building a brand on Amazon. Okay, so there's always going to be opportunities that land in your lab that you think you should go for. But essentially what that means is, is that you get distracted from the actual plan that you were planning in the first place to make a short-term hit. So I would say, even though, Brian, you you think that the the trend is gonna go on, could you make money on a face mask right now? Potentially. But essentially what you'd be doing is, is just completely distracting yourself from the whole plan that you've set out for yourself on running your Amazon business and building the brand that you started out to build. Now, some people would go off and do that thing I would say it's a short-lived trend. Uh, I would say there's probably a lot of people thinking exactly the same thing. And I would say that supply is really going to go to the areas that need it, right? So there's going to be government contracts, there's going to be hospital contracts, you know, there's going to be doctor contracts, whatever, dental contracts. So we know that, you know, globally, that the people are going to trusted sources, if you like, to be able to get these things. Um, so I would say... It, number one is probably a distraction. Could you make money? Yes, you probably could, but I don't think it's the right thing for a long term business build.
1: Yeah, and I, I know a few people have actually tried this, and as soon as they try to send in their masks, they got held up in customs, uh, seized by the government or stopped and basically said these are either not like not being able to be sold because they're like counterfeit or not actually like like proper you know protective equipment. and then they' just sent them back. And people have lost tons of money. Also, Amazon's restricting how much of these things can come in, who can sell them. It's like it's not like you can just jump in, set up a, a brand new category and say, hey, I'm selling face masks now. So there's some hurdles you have to jump. Um, but yeah, the competition is going to be higher. Uh, obviously, it's just like, you know, toilet paper and, and all these other things that, that kept running out. It, it's going to be a very short-lived thing in terms of, you know, how big the demand is now. There might be higher than normal demand going forward forever, but at the same time, there's still going to be more enforcement and more regulations on those as well. And if you don't do it the right way, and you're just in it for a cash grab, well, guess what? Your your entire business could be tanked because of it. So they could shut down your account. They could shut down all your listings. They could basically tell you you you're not allowed to sell on Amazon anymore. So there's there's very strong consequences. And like you said, Kirsten, the very first thing is. Why are you worrying about that when you have another business to run? You have a business that's already running, focus on growing that and push that thing as e-commerce is still growing and Amazon platform is, you know, most every category is higher than normal right now. So focus on that, grow your business. Don't worry about all these things that are sidetracking you and and just taking you off on a different kind of vein or whatever.
0: Yeah, I I would say um, it's interesting because, you know, we always think that, the thing that's there right now that's the thing that's going to give us you know the 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 freedom the money the the thing that we started in the first place right mm. but once you're very connected to your why why you're doing this business things like that they might fleet into your mind but you're just going to dismiss it very very quickly right i mean you and i could probably do that thing but yeah. we're not going to do it because it doesn't make any sense for us yeah. because we're on a different path so that is definitely part of what we you know what we teach and coach once you 're very very clear on what your path is, stuff like that doesn 't even come come into your head, and you don 't waste any time on that on that kind of stuff right
1: yeah, the only thought that ever comes in my head is, man, those guys are lucky they 're going to be killing it for a couple of months now
0: yeah and exactly 've like, had the oh, medical awesome. brands yeah <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know, but good for them right that 's what we say brilliant, yeah. good for them but the the key the key bigger picture, as you said, Isaac, is that. E-commerce is growing, habits are going to change. So therefore your business is always going to be in a better position, regardless of whether you're going to sell face masks or not. So stick on that track. So the next question is questions. So some of you guys have probably noticed, um, obviously, if you've been selling for a while, you'll know the Q&A section on your listing. So when those people ask questions, the question is, how should I manage those questions posted on my listing? Do I need to answer these? Well ideally yes you do because you know you're in control of your product you're in control of your listing uh, generally what I do is I get a VA to actually answer those questions as part of you know you from your brand but ideally what you want to do is to be able to control the message right so as soon as um, because other other not other sellers sorry other buyers can actually jump in so anybody that's you know bought your product before they can actually jump in there and answer the question, which is sometimes not a bad thing because at least you know they're getting direct feedback from the customer that's actually had the product, but you also want to be able to comment, don't just leave it up to that someone who's bought the product. And it's an also an interesting area because you can actually, you know, put keywords in there as well. It's a bit like when you answer comments on reviews, you can actually start to use those questions. And it can also inform the kind of things that could be either wrong with your product or missing from your product or things that they really love about your product. So you can also take um, some of those key things and either, you know, add that into um, and to enhance the product in some way. Or maybe, you know, if there's there's a repeated questions that keep coming up, you know that the communication that you're sending out there in terms of the listing itself, it's not coming through in that listing. So you can address a lot of those things in the images and the bullet points and things. So it actually really informs you how people are, you know, looking at your your listing and looking at your products. If they're not getting the answers, that's why they're asking the question.
1: Yeah, exactly. And just like you said, when, when you're getting repeat frequently asked questions, you definitely want to put that into your listing somewhere like a bullet point or product description that basically says, you know, the answer to that question. So that way, you know, they don't have to keep asking it. Um, But another thing is like, if you see competitors of yours getting repeatedly asked questions, and you want to say, okay, look, I want to make sure that people know that mine has that feature or function or benefit or whatever. So go ahead and use that in your bullet points and descriptions as well. So people don't have to ask the exact same question of you that they're asking of the other ones. Because if they're asking that of the other companies or brands or products, and they come to your listings, and you've answered it, they're more likely to buy it directly from you right then and there without actually submitting a question because they'll see it somewhere on that product page. So yeah, just anytime you see a, a repeated question, feel free to answer it. Your, your prop, your product might not have that, benefit or function or feature or whatever, but just answer it anyway. And say like, we don't offer this, even if it's a good idea, like here's why we don't or something like that. But just give them that proper expectation. So again, you're not misleading them. You're not setting a poor expectation that when they buy it, they're disappointed. Because if you set a poor expectation, you will get bad reviews. And that's what you always want to try to avoid.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a good idea as well, like you said, to look at your competitor's Q&A so not only their reviews, but their Q&A and just see what the repeated questions are. So you can actually solve those before you even launch the product. I mean, it's, it's direct feedback from your customer that you can take and use in your marketing and in the product itself. So I'm just thinking about things like, you know, I, I remember seeing something where generally in, in a certain product, you know, you might have different sizes, but people were saying, well, can, is it adjustable? So then essentially what you can do is do away with all those sizes and just make one size that's adjustable for people yeah. number one it helps you with your inventory it helps you with your cash flow but number two you're actually giving the customer what they're actually asking for or not you're not just you know going like a sheep and selling what everybody else is selling for the sake yeah, of it
1: exactly yeah cool so our final question for this session comes from tony c he says hey guys has anyone else done vine reviews it seems the maximum is 30 is it possible to split the requests? i prefer not to send out all 30 at once uh, dot, 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 by the way, just saw that Vine reviews are disabled until further notice. And they still are. I just checked today. Um, maybe by the time this, this episode comes out, they'll be back. We'll see. Um, but as far as today, they they are still uh, disabled. But yeah, I mean, the Vine reviews are great. So they first had the thing called what early reviewer program or whatever. And you could spend, I think, 60 bucks to try to get your first five reviews from people who actually bought your product. Now, that's great and all, but to have a Vine review is also really good because it's somebody who's knowledgeable, they're willing to write a decent review, give it a fair shake. They're not necessarily gonna give you a five-star rating if your product is not a five-star product because they're a little bit more critical, but at the same time, they can help you. And, and at least to this point, the Vine the Vine program was free and they can give you up to 30 reviews right away. So yeah, if, if you think that your product may be susceptible to getting you know some bad reviews from these guys, feel free to split these requests out. So try 10 at first, then see how many people claim it. See how many reviews you get. See what kind of reviews come back. What kind of star ratings they are. You know, what's the length of the review? Are they providing pictures? Because if they can do that kind of stuff, that's great. As long as they're doing it in a in a manner that benefits you, obviously, right? But if it's like 10 in a row or one star reviews, well, you probably got a problem with your product, first of all. But then the Vine review program is not going to be very helpful for you because you don't have a good quality product at a, good, at a good value price. So um, that's what the Vine reviewers are usually looking for is is the product good for the price that you're selling it at or is it, you know, an overhyped piece of junk and they'll, they'll be straight up with the, the consumer. So, um, you know, that's kind of my advice. Yeah, Tony, you can definitely split it up. Hopefully it comes back soon because it is a great program and I guarantee it's not going to be uh, free forever. Uh, so if you do see it and it comes back and it's still free and you don't have any reviews in your product and you're launching a new product, feel free to start using it. Once you have, I think it's up to 30 reviews. Like if you have 30 reviews on your, on your listing, you can no longer actually use that, that program. And it might have something to do with how new it is too. I can't remember, but there are some stipulations there as well. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. And maybe they've just disabled it because there's so much going on at the moment yeah. that they, they can't actually, you know, get through everything. But yeah, it's a great program. Also, you know, as we would always say for reviews, have a great follow-up sequence. Use the language from your customers in that sequence to be able to, you know, essentially give them the customer service that they need, ask the right questions, and then you can follow them up for some feedback. And the other key thing that you can use is the sender request button that amazon have also um, made available to us and there are other tools out there that kind of would you call it kind of not crowdsource <laughs> what would you say amalgamate the 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 button if you like so it's an yeah. easy kind of one hit right so i know there's jungle scout that does one there's also Seller Dot Tools, i think that does think one
1: Managed by stance has it now as well so yeah, and managed some, by it. yeah some programs out there that allow it
0: i could imagine Pretty much all the tools, like you know, probably viral, whichever tool that you're using, check it because they they've probably got the ability to be able to essentially allow you to just hit it a couple of times and then it will send a request out for yeah. reviews.
1: Yeah, and uh, on that one for that, I think it's like up to like 14 days as as like previously purchased. So if I purchased it within the last 14 days, it usually says that they're not eligible to review this product yet. So for most products, I think it's about 14 days. So you got to go beyond the 14 days back to like, you know, 30 days to to 15 days, basically, you know, ago, and then you can, you can request it from those people. But I think most of those tools actually explain that as well. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, just a great rhythm to get into when you start using this thing is, you know, either yourself can do it or get a VA to do it where, Every week you would go in and you would literally, like you say, you go back 14 days, you just choose all the, all the um, products that were sold and then you hit the request a review Mm -hmm. and then just mark down, you know, the date obviously that you did it and where you went back to and then do it again and then do it again. And you just kind of follow that rhythm through every week.
1: Yeah. And people are seeing pretty good results from that. So you might get more ratings than reviews, but that's kind of the thing now is, Generally, you're probably getting four or five to one ratings versus reviews anyway, because people are just like, "I'll hit the five- star button, but I don't want to write anything." And you'll just yeah. see that a lot more often now, but that's okay because it still shows up on your listing as a rating and a star rating. So it doesn't matter if there's tons and tons of written reviews. I know at the start you really want some written reviews, but any review is better than no review, and any rating is better than no rating. Um, even a one-star rating is better than nothing, because in the end you want to look genuine. Now, if you're getting a ton of bad reviews that's when you know there's something wrong with your product or their your pricing or your your product listing page is not setting the right expectations but you've got to really review and, and monitor that as you go cool so i think uh you know thanks everybody for your questions today so thank you and, and thanks for tuning in this week and if you ever want any of your questions answered on air please visit com and head to our podcast section to ask a question there if you like what you heard today, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share a podcast with friends who might get value out of it as well. Also, to get some free training on what it takes to have a successful business to feel your lifestyle, head to www.goteamreal.com to download our free training today. See you next week for the next to Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to
0: subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, Head to GoTeamReal.com for some absolutely free training.